0: Our gospel text for today comes from Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. I invite you to stand either in body or spirit with me for the reading of the gospel. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Why do we worship? Why do we come to this building, to this room, week in and week out, to sit in these pews, to listen to music sung, to listen to a sermon by Pastor Gary or I? On a week like Easter, just seven days ago, it makes a lot of sense why we come to worship. Coming to church on Easter is just kind of a thing that we do. But what about the other 51 weeks out of the year? Is worship just something that we come and participate in because we like the music, or we like what the pastor maybe has to say, or we like seeing our friends? Or could it be that worship offers us something more. Not that all those things don't happen, but that worship can actually be a deep and meaningful part of a spiritual rhythm that informs our lives and our faith. Well, we're going to be talking about that for the next three weeks. Today, we begin a new sermon series called Rediscovering Worship finding resurrection in an ancient practice. And so for the next three weeks, we're going to dive into the why, and into the what, into the how of worship. What happens to us when we gather in this place, and what is it that we do when we offer our praise and thanksgiving to God in community. And so we begin that series today by talking about one of my favorite functions of worship, and that is how it reminds us. Now, a question that I want to ask you, how many of us here have ever forgotten something? Anybody? Okay, I see just a few hands. That's good, that's good. We always forget things, it seems, whether it be our keys as we rush out of the house, our cup of coffee as we make our way to church and we have to make a quick run to the Starbucks, Perhaps you've forgotten something like a birthday or an anniversary, and you know that sometimes forgetting things can have consequences. Just in the second service, I forgot to check my battery pack on my microphone, and so in the middle of my sermon, the microphone died. And I thought that was just Jack in the back telling me that I had been talking for too long, and it was time for me to sit down. But I forgot to check, and... As a consequence, my battery pack ran out. We can be a forgetful people at times. See, I'm convinced that in every relationship, partnership, and marriage, there is one person who is the designated holder of the collective memory in that relationship, and the other person, well, their job is to forget <laughs> And when that person forgets, the holder of the collective memory is always faithful to kindly and gently remind them of what it is that they're forgetting. I don't know about you, but in all of my relationships, uh, I am not the holder of the collective memory. I'm the one who always forgets. This happened just this last Friday night. My partner Maddie and I, we were watching the series finale of a TV show. And as many series finales do, they recapitulate themes that, uh, um, that emerge throughout the entire show. And this particular series finale, the show is called uh, Superstore. Uh, there were so many little hints and uh, Easter eggs going all the way back to the pilot episode some six seasons ago. <laughs> And Maddie, of course, because she's the holder of the collective memory for us, and because she's so smart and brilliant, it seemed like every two or three minutes she was saying, Wow, Daniel, do you remember that from the first episode? Do you remember that? She even got so good, she was anticipating what was going to happen. And she was right every single time. And every single time I told her, Maddie, no, I don't remember. (laughs) what happened in the first episode over 100 episodes ago. But she was good, and she was faithful to remind me, and then we went and rewatched the pilot, and then it all made sense to me. We can be a forgetful people. We forget things, whether it be plot points to TV shows or how much God loves us. So many things in the world come at us at 100 miles an hour, and despite our best intentions to remember, so often we get distracted, and so we forget. Small things and large things we forget sometimes. Well, if you are somebody like me who is not the holder of collective memory in your relationships, there's, there's, there's cause for hope because we see in our text today in Matthew 28 that even the disciples forgot sometimes. For when Jesus appears to them on the mountain in his resurrected form, Matthew tells us that some of the disciples even still doubted. Now, if you were here on Easter last week, you heard Pastor Gary preach about the first half of Matthew 28. But just a quick recap the two Marys, Mary Magdalene and the other disciple named Mary, they come to the tomb early in the morning while it's dark outside. And they see that the stone has been rolled away, that the tomb is empty. And the angel tells them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he is raised. And so the two Marys go out with joy to tell the disciples what they had seen, and along the way they see the risen Lord himself. Jesus first appears to the two Marys, and Jesus tells them, Go ahead and tell my disciples to meet me on the mountain in Galilee, for it is there where I will meet them. And it's important to remember here that the disciples of Jesus, with the notable exception of the two Marys, had been scattered all throughout the countryside. For when Jesus is, uh, is put on trial and put on the cross, many of the disciples scatter for fear that they would be next. So the two Marys go and tell the disciples to meet Jesus on the mountain. And here in verse 16, all the disciples have gathered in that one place, on that mountainside. And Jesus appears to them. And what do they do? Well, some worship, but some doubt. And if we read between the lines, I think we might be able to say that some had forgotten That their master, their teacher, the Lord that they had been following for three years, the one who had told them time and time again that he was going to die and be raised from the dead, they had forgotten that teaching. So when they see Jesus on the mountain, they come as forgetful people, just like you and just like me. But when Jesus gathers his disciples there on the mountaintop, what does he do? He he tells them again the good news. He says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then he says what I think is the most important thing, and it's it's the last words that Jesus speaks in the Gospel of Matthew. He says to all of them, Remember that I will always be with you, even to the end of the age. So Jesus gathers his disciples He reminds them of the gospel truth and then he sends them out to bear witness to the hope of resurrection, to bear witness to the message that they have seen the risen Lord. They are gathered, they are reminded, and then they are sent forth. If this pattern is sounding familiar at all, it's because this is what we do every week when we come to worship, We, too, are scattered all over Wichita and beyond. There are some people tuning in on the live stream who are tuning in from all over the country. We are scattered all over. And yet, at 8 o'clock and 9.30 and 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings, we gather in this one place. To do what? We are gathered to Remember. Now we talk about all kinds of things here in church. We have all kinds of sermon uh, series on all different topics. We sing all kinds of songs with beautiful lyrics and different motifs. But at the end of the day, what we're doing here is we are remembering the good news of the gospel. That Christ has died. That Christ is risen. That Christ will come again. We come to remember that the resurrection is available to us here and now. That because Christ is raised from the dead, that evil and sin and death and destruction, all of these things do not speak the final word, although there is so much that would have us believe that. For Christ is risen and new life, eternal life, is here and now we come to remember that even while we were yet sinners that Christ died for us and this is what proves God's love for us we come to remember as the psalmist says so much that God's faithful love endures forever but we don't just come to remember so that our hearts would be warmed But we come and remember so that we would then be sent out once again to have active hands, just like the disciples were sent out to go bear witness to the truth and good news of resurrection. A little bit earlier in Matthew's Gospel, uh, in chapter 5, where Jesus is doing the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew writes that little parable that many of us are probably familiar with where Jesus says that you are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, how can its saltiness be restored? Now, when I was a small child, I remember my pastor at the church that I grew up at preached on that text, and he spoke about worship as the place where saltiness can get its saltiness back. For in so many ways, we spend our weeks out in the world expending our, our energy, expending our love, being bombarded by so many distractions and trials and tribulations. We pour out our energy and our hearts into our relationships to try to keep in love with God and to keep in love with our neighbors. And oftentimes, we come to church on Sunday mornings a little tired and a little exhausted from a long and stressful work week, and the saltiness of our hearts has been depleted just a little bit from all the things that we've encountered. And then so worship, in many ways, is that place where we come into the salt shaker of the sanctuary, and we get reinvigorated. When we remember the story of scripture, the story of God's love for us, and then we're sent back out into the world to do it all again for another week, to season the world with the flavor of God's love. To put it in a different metaphor, worship is like a warm fire and we are the coals. Now, if a coal is away from the fire for too long, the coal will begin to grow cool and dim. And so worship, in many ways, is like that fire. And when we come to worship, we are reinserted into the warmth of that fire so that our hearts would be warmed with the knowledge of who God is, what God has done for us, and what God continues to do for us to save us and reconcile us and reconcile the whole world that the flame in our hearts would be rekindled. But not just that it would be rekindled, but that we would then be sent out again to spread the warmth of God's mercy and to shine the light of the resurrection in the world. And then we come back again, and we get warmed again. We come and we get our saltiness back, and then we go back out week in and week out. We gather we remember, and then we're sent out. And it's good news for folks like me, and perhaps for you too, that the disciples' doubt and forgetfulness did not prove to be a barrier for their discipleship. For even though some of the disciples doubted, and surely some of the disciples on that mountain forgot the teachings of Jesus, Jesus still invited them to gather on the mountain. Jesus still invited them to go out and make disciples of all nations. Jesus still reminded them that he would be with them always to the end of the age. So friends, whether your memory is sharp or if you, like me, are not the one in your relationships that holds the collective memory, know that it doesn't matter. For there are so many things that causes us to forget. And by the way, those, those diseases like dementia and Alzheimer's that many of us have experienced in various ways, those diseases that rob us of our ability to forget, those things too are not barriers to discipleship or to a knowledge of God's love. For we remember today that our collective memory is held in this room. not in the walls, not in the pews, not even in the beautiful stained glass that reminds us of the resurrection. The collective memory of our faith is held within each and every one of your hearts. It's held in the holy and sacred words that we say every time that we come to the Lord's table to remember the love of God poured out for us. In this meal. The collective memory of our faith is held every time we gather to remember to be then sent out to bear witness to God's love to bear witness to the truth of resurrection to bear witness to the God who calls us time and time again come and remember that I will be with you always even if you doubt, even if you forget sometimes, even if you struggle to believe. This is why we worship, friends, and it is a thing worth remembering. Thanks be to God. Amen.